0: Leafs post game. Brent Gunning, Gordon Stellick alongside me. Gordo, a tidy effort tonight in Edmonton. Uh, the Leafs had a lot of fun there last year, and tonight's game kind of felt like one of those.
1: Really did, yeah. You remember those three games they had in Edmonton in the bubble, and they won all three, only gave up one goal. Three different goaltenders played, and two got shutouts uh, in Jack Campbell, who we saw tonight, almost got one tonight. Uh, Freddie Anderson and even Michael Hutchison only gave up one goal, so... We hoped this was going to be this, the uh, conference final last year. Excuse me, the divisional final wasn't. And, um, man, I got just a very, very, very impressive game by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, how much of it's Jack Campbell? Let's face it, a lot of it's Jack Campbell. But, but, but we, we, have to give, we have to give credit, where credit is due to many, many other things. But from the goaltender out and the defense that had been kind of leaky of late, uh, a very, very well-needed 60-minute road game.
0: Yeah, I think I think we have to start with Campbell. And again, there there was a lot of other positives, but to me, and you know, I know the Leafs were on the board before this happened, but it all goes to I think there was pretty much a eight minute, nine minute stretch uh, to start the second period where they don't get a shot on goal, and Campbell had to come up huge during that stretch. And you know, I know the Leafs had already got one on the board, and I know he made big saves before that, but it just felt like you know a team like this, they're always going to have dominant stretches throughout games, and I'm talking about the Leafs. I could be talking about the Oilers, but definitely not the way they've been going lately. But it seemed like the Leafs, they're always going to have these dominant runs. And you need a guy like Campbell to take care of you when the game gets away from you a little bit. And I felt like that's exactly what he did. 36 saves. I mean, uh, you know, we can quibble about who the first star of the game is, but he he's definitely one of them. And, yeah, it's just – I felt like it was a really big night for him to kind of get back – to being jack campbell you know he hasn't quite been this guy lately uh i forget what the stat was but they would given up at least three or four goals in, in the last handful of games and now you have a guy kind of bouncing back in, in just a way i felt like he needed to and and the team picked him up and it it just felt like a big night for for campbell to have the outing he did
1: well they got shot 36 25 to the may police and that's something edmonton's been lacking they've not been getting jack campbell Type goaltending. So saying that, and and started the third period as well. Like I mean, Edmonton had a 14 yep. second power play. They had Drysdale McDavid out there, and they got a couple of great chances in the first 90 seconds. But then you go, okay, Austin Matthews is just killing it. Uh, first leaf to score. Stevie Fellen already giving the stat. 20 goals in his first 30 games of the season in back to back years since Lauren Carr did it. Lauren Carr did it during World War II. And I mean, those stats are skewed differently for, uh, or these skewed because for very different reasons, of course. Uh, So he does that. Wayne Simmons, a vintage Wayne Simmons goal. TJ Brody, first goal of the season, first goal on the road he's got in his two year career with the Maple Leafs. And then how about Willie Nalander responding out? Out Connor McDavid in Connor McDavid and then a nice pass to Morgan Riley who's having a phenomenal offensive year. So you got all these all these beauty little nuggets and things to talk about on top of the excellent goaltending.
0: Yeah, every everything you could like, and then you know, I I know for a local kid, it's got to be such a thrill for him for Connor McDavid to score in a game in, oh no, not when it's on his own net. Of course, it was McDavid who uh, who tipped in the, uh, the, <laughs> the 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 TJ Brody uh, point shot there. But yeah, I mean the, the 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 play Nylander makes to to set up the Riley goal, and again, you know, in a in a game that ends up five one, the four one goal hardly hardly feels like a big one, but. At that point in time, you know, okay, the Oilers get the goal. They had the good pushback in the third period. We know how scary McDavid and Dreisaitl are. And it just felt like getting that goal back within, again, less than a minute. It's just so big to answer and not allow a team to have have a second of momentum. It's just, yeah, it's everything you you could have asked for. You know, I want to drill down on Matthews. I thought he was tremendous tonight. You know, just a big 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 two-way centerman and the fact that he can score goals is you know as good a clip as anybody in this league it's just it's incredible you know he's now just three goals back of Drysidle for the league lead the way Drysidle started the season I didn't think anyone was going to catch him let alone Matthews who missed a handful of games and had the by his standard slow start to the year but he's just he he's been incredible and it felt like tonight was just just another one of those nights for him and again you know I he gets the goal on the power play I know they weren't able to get the second power play marker although it was real close but again it's not an accident that austin matthews is absolutely red hot and the power play is looking the way it does
1: yeah i mean brent like he didn't play the first three games of the season as he was you know getting things finalized from the wrist injury started off so slow but we kept saying it it wasn't like there weren't the chances i mean that's the thing it wasn't like there weren't the chances most of those games and and then all of a sudden, you know, goodbye, Chris Kreider, Andrew Mangiapane, all these other pretenders to the throne about the Rocket Richard Trophy. <laughs> I, uh, you know, we talk about Alexander Ovechkin, whether he'll surpass Wayne Gretzky's record or not. I got to tell you, I can't believe at the thirty game mark that Austin Matthews would have made up that kind of headway on the on the Rocket Richard Trophy race. So you got to give him a whole lot of credit when he's on fire, he's on fire. And you know, just uh, the Nylander play, their Nylander. Kind of, I mean, Neilander gets paid mm-hmm. more, and he's he's considered a better player. But Edmonton re-upped Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Mm-hmm. He's in the first year of an eight-year deal at five point one two five million five and you know five million one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. That's his third goal of the year. Like you know, geez, like you know, just like that that next level after McDavid and Drysidle. And you committed to that, and that's what you're getting out of him so far. And that's why it's their sixth loss in a row. And that's why, you know, the Leafs' kind of depth has really been a huge difference in these two teams that,
0: you know, have elite players and really are looking to make some kind of playoff hay. Well, yeah, and it's funny, right? Because when we talk about depth, it can mean many things. A lot of times when we're talking about depth, if we're talking about it, we'd be saying, ooh, a goal from TJ Brody, a goal from Wayne Simmons. But I think the thing that people kind of forget with this Leafs team, especially when it's in, you know, comparing and contrasting to the Oilers, is the depth of the stars on this team. You know, okay, you don't have Marner tonight, so obviously, you know, it's a different team when when Marner's in the lineup. But it's just, you know, and again, you know, Nugent Hopkins is supposed to be their kneelander but right now i'll tell you who i'd rather have and it's not it's not particularly close and yeah the the money is different but it's just i think we sometimes forget just how how special it is you know we talk core four core four core four and we all kind of become I think numb to it to the fact that yeah there are four superstar forwards on this team not not good players not a really talented all-star all-star level guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins has been in the back but superstars and Nylander can be that guy of course Marner's been and then then you have Riley on, on the back end you know the Oilers would love to have a, a, a defenseman like, like Morgan Riley you know Keith's been that guy at other stages of his career he he's not right now so yeah I mean the depth came through in the bottom of the lineup but the fact that you know again if you look at the way these two teams are built especially right now without Marner you've got the Matthews line and then you've got the Tavares line well that's supposed to be what the Oilers have in in Drysaddle and McDavid and it's it's pretty easy to see which which superstars won the day tonight
1: yeah and Nylander's in the fourth year of that six-year contract a little over 6.9 million dollars and you know it's it's Really, uh, it, I wouldn't yet call, um, I mean, that word team-friendly con- contract, I really don't like the term. There's a better term for it, but certainly good value. Let's say good value. I like and that. and th- And th- this is a really good value contract for the Maple Leafs, which is hard for a lot of fans to believe because they think of, the negative vibes about it and 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 those were warranted and not so much directed at Nylander they were warranted in that they that they did not have all the chickens in place once they signed John Tavares like we were led to believe or all the roosters whatever you need to get in place contractually but anyway um any talk about William Nylander and you know being too much of a streaky player too much of an inconsistent player I mean that 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 talks way old that talks way irrelevant
0: oh yeah it's it's done like the the questions have been and I think the other thing about it that you know again like you said those questions are gone but I think there's been a lot of evolution from the player there you know there was I'm I'm forgetting the game earlier this year but Nylander I mean you know benched is such a strong term but he effectively got sat down kind of at the tail end of a game and I remember the question being I was definitely someone asking it going well what's going on do we need to have the leash that tight on William Nylander and Nylander basically came out and said yes I William Nylander would like the leash to be that tight on me. I need to have it tugged once in a while. And it's just that having that kind of internal accountability and then saying to the coaching staff, hold me accountable. Like it just, it, it just speaks spades about, about kind of where, where the guy is at. You know, you mentioned the Wayne Simmons goal tonight, uh, in a, in a five, one Leafs win in Edmonton where, you know, the building's half full of Leaf fans and Jack Campbell's getting soup chance and Austin Matthews is scoring twice. There were a lot of moments that have me smiling tonight, but Wayne Simmons sitting in the crease on his butt with his hands up in the air after just scoring a goal. I mean, he he's got four of them now this season you know he hasn't been snake bit by any means but it's just for a guy who contributes in so many ways but being what he's been as a player throughout his career it's got to feel huge to him to kind of actually again I don't even want to say actually contribute because he gives you something every night but find a way to get on the score sheet and get a goal tonight
1: yeah and uh last year he's well, I'm trying to remember what that one game but it was his best offensive game and then all of a sudden he took that yeah took that shot on the wrist and that was that but I uh yeah I it just there just seems to be a more defined role for him and a real and a real appreciation you know after what happened in that Winnipeg game and you know the, the necessity of having that kind of toughness uh even though at the end he went at the smallest player early just because you had to go at somebody but just yeah, somebody you know everybody understood everybody understood what the message was and what he was out there to do and uh yeah it's just uh yeah i'm just like like i talk i I like using that phrase the walk to the subway you but you for you bring um You know, you bring up about those Leaf fans, and uh, I my era is a long time ago. So it was an era when the Edmonton Oilers were winning Stanley Cups, and actually the Calgary Flames were even winning their only Stanley Cup. And I, you didn't win often there. But, man, you loved it for those diehard fans. I mean, those diehard fans that go to those games, a lot of them are transplanted Ontarians mm-hmm. who, you know, go out to the games. And back then you wouldn't get a point or two very often. <laughs> but it's, a, it's fun. When, and I, and I, gotta, I, don't, I don't think many trip people, with all due respect to Edmonton, I don't think many people make that trip just as a Leaf fan, just to watch the game. You'd, you're better off going to Buffalo or, or somewhere like that. So, so that's a fun seeing them. And, then the, and you can tell by the soupy chance as well.
0: Oh, right away, you could tell. And and yeah, I mean, uh, again, yeah, no no slight to the wonderful metropolis of Edmonton. But I think if you're going to, you know, pick a city to go out and explore and uh, let's take a trip and go watch the Leafs. I don't know how uh, high up high up on the list it is. Uh, the Leafs are now 9-0-1 in their last 10 games in Edmonton. It's been, you know, I mean, anytime Matthews and McDavid are on the ice together, there's going to be that kind of rivalry. It's about the teams, but it's also kind of about them. I mean, I know the Leafs have played the Oilers well, but just seeing it that stark black and white, and I know McDavid has had a time when, when he's come in to Scotiabank and we'll, we'll see him when he's here next month. But, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised that it's been so one-sided in Edmonton. Again, the Leafs 9-0-1 in the last 10 games there. Uh, Matthews has been... Ma- Matthews and McDavid always play well against each other. But yeah, it does feel like anytime these two teams play, it's like there's two games going on. There's the Leafs and the Oilers, but then there's always the kind of rivalry... Game between Matthews and McDavid as well,
1: yeah, Brent. I I share that a hundred percent, and it's that that's what's intriguing if they're ever to meet, you know. In now it would have to be a Stanley Cup final, uh, and you know, wow. I mean, they, dude, how can you really say you have the? How can you really say you have a team that Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle are teammates on that you have their number? But that's that's what it really appears to be for the for the Maple Leafs, and that's why it was exciting, the expectation, the prospect, but the expectation by a lot of us that they play in the playoffs and. You know, McDavid had that highlight real goal at what was then Air Canada Center. Remember around Morgan Riley, right? Oh, one of I those remember. goals for the ages. And it's almost like, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I know how much the team feels the things that Morgan Riley, like, did they kind of say, okay, we can never let anything like that happen again, <laughs> just period, but also not to have one of us embarrassed and have our jockstrap deeked around like that. And, you know, since then, I mean, that that's a distant memory that that Connor McDavid highlight real goal.
0: Yeah, it is a decent, it's a distant memory, but it almost happened again tonight. And I, you know, I, and again, I, I, I am sure you share the sentiment. I don't know how you can fault anyone. My, my opinion on that Connor McDavid goal at, at Scotiabank, uh, whatever it was two or three years ago is there's only two guys of any recent NHL vintage who would have stopped McDavid on that rush. One is Nick Lidstrom because I don't really understand how he played defense so perfectly. So I'll give it to him. And the other is Chris Pronger, and he would have done it by getting himself suspended. After McDavid got past him like it just feels like when you're in that position going up against that guy there's there's almost nothing you can do and it almost happened again tonight in the first period uh, Campbell was able to get get a pad on on McDavid's backhand there but I, I definitely had the flashbacks when when McDavid I mean flashbacks to the goal against the Leafs but also flashbacks to that goal against the Ranger when he kind of took three or four Leafs on mainly Morgan Riley in that first period there.
1: Yeah, and also that. Uh, let, let's sorry because we pop all over, but I, I, yeah, I, you know, I love it. Great uh, new player uh, up front, and and uh, nice work by the fourth line at times, particularly in the third period when when they needed that uh, that one shift to stabilize. And instead, uh,
0: they almost they almost scored a goal. Oh, that that fourth line shift was great. Yeah, McKeough digging around there, and it was Cini who ends up getting the great look in front. And you know, Koskinen he uh, he had his issues tonight, but that was a great save he made on Cini there. And I think. I think I kind of go back to what I was saying after Christian Rubens' first game with Brett Man, for a guy who is effectively on this team, the 15th, maybe 16th forward, yeah, I'll take more of that. If that's what the 15th or 16th forward looks like, uh, yes, please. You know, I know they like him in the dot. Uh, he, he only took three draws, didn't win any of them tonight. But I, I, I could see a world where this guy is in the mix again. You know, with the Leafs roster, obviously a lot is in flux in terms of when whenever Marner comes back, whatever happens with Jason Spetz's suspension, whatever happens with games involving the Vancouver Canucks this weekend because they have some more covid in issues but I, I I can easily see a world where where that was uh that was not one and done for for Brett Senior I felt like he fit in pretty well and then if we're going to talk about that fourth line uh, again I don't think he he kind of jumped out in a big way tonight but he was used a fair amount and that's uh that's Ilya Mikheyev you know this has been a guy who you you could tell the way the teammates talk about him he's so beloved in the room and he's definitely been a fan favorite at, at times here and it's just you know it's just been kind of injury after injury for him and it was nice to see him finally finally get back in the lineup and yeah I, I really like that fourth line work. Yeah,
1: this is the the last
0: stand for McKay.
1: He's 27 years old and contractually, you know, he's looking for a bigger deal, but let's face it, it's just been inconclusive with the injuries and also I was kidding earlier with Kipper and Justin Bourne that you know he's he's rivaling Michael Grebner for breakaways without <laughs> scoring right. I mean it's uh, that's sort of become his uh, trademark. But I did like him getting significant minutes and some power play time. I think that's now first of all he's he's got to catch up. He's 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 off. When you miss like almost thirty games, it's going to take a little bit of time to get back to whatever game shape may be. But I I really. They got to see what he's all about, and, and he's a guy that's a top sixer, really, a, a, the ultimate thing. If 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 it works out that way, and uh, you you've been a guy, Brent, that's uh, monitored, you know, quite well about the defense. And I mean, look at this little bit passing of the torch. I know it's one game, but Timothy Lilligren, twenty-one mm-hmm. minutes, five seconds. Justin Hall, sixteen minutes, fifteen seconds. Like you know, Lilligren being paired in a more, um, in a, in a higher caliber pair, a more go-to top four pair, and you know, Justin Hall just kind of kind of chilling a little bit more on, on the third defensive pair. Not, not saying that's going to be permanent, but one thing, and again, this was something that really, uh, I know if he had to get a gimme back from the playoffs, Sheldon Keith in game six and seven, you know, might have looked at it, making more, it's not called tinkering, when game management about, you know, what was working and what wasn't working out there. And, and I like that he's been really on that throughout this regular season. And, and that was a tweak tonight.
0: Yeah, I, I'm really happy you bring that up because that was that was honestly heading into the game. That was one of the things I was kind of most curious to see. We we know they made the switch at the end of the last game. You know, you were looking at line rushes. Okay, it looks like Muzzin and Lilligren are going to be playing. And then, you know, the Oilers are on and McDavid's flying around. Matthews is snapping in power play goals. And I got a little distracted. But yes, I'm very happy you, you brought that up because I think Lilligren, Lilligren and Sandine kind of feel like the guys who will have the biggest say on what this blue line is. Both this year... And in the next two, three years to come, like if they can really arrive and they're here, they are ready to be top four, or you know, fringy top four guys. I think Sandine's already there. If Lilligren can kind of join him, I, I think that it kind of changes the ceiling of what this Leafs blue line can be for this season. And then going forward, you know, if this, if not, if this is a team that thinks it's title window is open, as long as Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and all these guys are there. Well, you know, as, as TJ Brody and Morgan Riley and Jake Muzzin as we've seen this year age you're going to need guys to step up so it, it, it is kind of the time to see what you've got in Lilligren and you know I thought he I thought he played pretty well tonight he's been a guy who I was a little unsure of what to make of this season he's been really up and he's been he's been really down but I I liked what I saw out of him tonight and I, I see no reason to kind of shake up the pairs uh whenever it is they play next we know the game against Calgary has been postponed
1: well the the, the encouraging part is just getting guys drafted from within and I'd I'd been scrapped – more Rasmus Sandine about why they were kind of slow to use him last year, but just these the Sandin and Lilligren are both first round picks, so at some point, you know you got you got to give him a chance and and ride it. You just have to. I mean the the Lilligren in particular was not a guy killing it at the American Hockey League that you had you know uh, no choice but to put him in the NHL. I mean he was. He was marginal at the start, got got better, but it wasn't wasn't the wow effect. So so that's that's good to see both those guys and you know Sandine when he gets healthy again, getting back in the lineup. And it's funny, I just thought with the uh, I don't know how it's going to impact or not, but we're you know the Jason Spets appeal. What are we four games into <laughs> six now? So maybe they're... they're, they're You can't ever say there's a silver lining about a game being postponed due to COVID, but maybe that on Thursday uh, does buy some time and make a difference. If if Spezza gets things knocked off a game or possibly two, uh, then if it's two, he could be back on Saturday. But, uh, you know,
0: we've kind of almost gone to the finish line with this. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath on that. Uh, I've, uh, I've complained both on the air and off the air to just about anyone who will listen about the appeal process and how long it's taken to play out uh, for Spetsa. But yeah, you're right. That is, that is definitely, definitely uh, a silver lining. And there's just one more point I wanted to make on Lilligrim before I forget there. I think when he came up, him playing with Sandine there was an understood, a connection. They're literally speaking Swedish to each other out there. These guys have known each other a long time, and you wonder, okay, it's great that you have this kind of found money as a third pair – but what can you know the same way we've wondered at times what is justin hall when he's away from jake muzzin what is morgan riley when he's not beside uh, tj brody we've asked these questions about guys it's nice to kind of find some answers about what exactly Lilligren is away from Sandine. not that Sandine was the guy holding that pair up above and beyond but when you're so comfortable with a guy it's nice to kind of see you get it done outside of that as well it just kind of further bodes well for for your nhl career but yeah i'm uh, i'm happy you brought up the spets and stuff it definitely definitely is. Is a, a silver lining on it, the game that is postponed. Uh, Leafs will not be playing the uh, Flames. We'll wait and see. Beyond that, uh, what whatever uh, holds for uh, for NHL uh, COVID world. Uh, Gord, I feel like we pretty much touched on it all. Uh, yeah, tonight. I mean, just a, a rock solid Leafs win, five one. You go in Edmonton. Fans are chanting. Oilers fans are throwing jerseys. We we know in this market you don't ever want to see that. But uh, I think just a really fun night for for Leafs Nation picking up a road win in Edmonton. Yeah,
1: it was. It, it really, really was. And uh, I, the, the jersey thing now. I don't know. If, I don't know if he got tackled by a, a SWAT, a SWAT team, like <laughs> like it seems to be. Because uh, yeah, throwing anything on the ice is is dangerous. But if you're going to throw something, a jersey is soft and kind of noticeable, so they don't they don't skate on it. But. Um, yeah, it it just seems like it's the it's the ultimate ultimate act of treason nowadays. So it's not a leaf jersey and Edmonton now. What is it? Six losses in a row. Uh, so yeah, they, they got a well Colton Sevier. He's the what the first first That's forward right. outside of the top two lines to uh, score a goal in nine games. So there you go. There's a, there's another there's another reason the Edmonton Oilers are struggling of late and a reason depth
0: that the Toronto May Police aren't. Well said, Gord, and I'm sure it will be well said by Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. Let's hear from the Leafs head coach before we step aside. Sheldon,
2: you guys five. kept the big two off the I thought our guys did a really good job of capitalizing on our chances, making good on them, and, and uh, I thought we played a really uh, disciplined game defensively. You know, at times, defended more than we would like. Uh, but I thought we did a good job of doing the things that we were looking to do before the game which was to limit the space and the speed of their best people uh, so it's a good it's a good win for our guys loved our response in the third period after giving up that goal and then getting it right back we got the edge in special teams our goaltending was strong and and, uh, and we scored goals at 5-1-5 and I said, defended a little bit too much today. Didn't have the puck as much as we would like, but uh, I thought, you know, other than that empty net that uh, Sidle missed in the first period, which is a significant chance, uh, I, I thought we'd, we really didn't give up much, and Jack was solid. So, really good road effort by our team tonight. And
1: yeah, first, when you do, in that second period, thing, think
2: they're a little bumpy, but I mean, the shot going scored, but it didn't for Jack in that second. Yeah, I thought he was great. I, again, I think I think we defended well within that. I mean, we, we defended too much because we couldn't break out of our zone. And, you know, they kept they kept getting pucks alive or keeping pucks alive and, and staying in our end. But I thought with inside of that, we defended well. And and the shots that we did give up, you know, Jack was solid. You know, but I don't, don't think there was much, you know, much there that was really egregious. You no know, real rebounds or anything like that. Guys did a good job for him and. and you know, as we've come to expect jack was really solid all throughout the game uh, but our, our team like i said when it was time to defend we defended well And thought we defended with purpose and and then we scored timely and, and important goals at key times to build ourselves a lead and responded well when we needed to so like i said it's not a perfect game by any means but it's, it's a good effort by our team against a, you know, a team on the other side that's pushing hard and looking for a win, and you know, we, we did a lot tonight to make sure that we you know, made it difficult for them. So said that he's never played with a guy like Matthews and scored like this. Been around this game for a long time yourself? You know, have you been around something like this? Matthews doesn't the regular does it with? No, I mean, I certainly haven't. There's. He, he's in some pretty elite company in terms of his ability to score. Obviously he's a young player but you know he's he's going to score lots through his career and scores in different ways as we've talked about a number of times through the season. You know the you know, the, the the first shot is you know, the first power play goal there. It's a great effort by John and then Austin's in, in the right spot to capitalize on that and the second one I, th- I think Casher uh, took one off the head there. I think to keep the puck alive, but if you you go you back that up a little bit, Austin's in on the forecheck as F one, he forces a turnover and forces that puck up the wall and ends up getting rewarded for it to get a you know, puck back to go downhill and, and uh, that's what you need to do at, at times is earn your chances. Puck comes back to him and you know that that uh, that shot that hasn't gone in for him a lot this season. You know it was nice to see that one go in because he he certainly made it count. I so know at training camp you, you kind of talked up a fair bit what Andre and Kausha can do uh, though we hadn't had the opportunity in the last couple of years for a variety of reasons. Is this uh, what you were talking about, really performing these last five years? Of yeah, for sure. I mean, I think he's exceeded that in some ways, you know, because you see that he's a very good good player for us. The penalty killing part of it, and the defensive utility, was something that we felt there was great opportunity there because of how hard he plays, how hard he works. He's a smart player. Uh, we thought he could add a lot to our team in that area. You know, he hadn't he hadn't really been been used in that in that role in terms of penalty killing and, and defensive play. You know, so we wanted to use him in that in that area but he had scored in the league he makes plays he's a good hard, honest player that you know he just he takes what you give him and does what you what you ask him to do he doesn't complain about it he gives you everything that he has can't have enough of those type of players and, and uh, you know in Mitch Marner's absence here Jason Betts' absence you know we've needed people to step up and, and he's been excellent what, you guys are you guys are alone in first. Uh, this tonight. Does that mean anything to you at this juncture, considering maybe how you started the season? Well, we've come a long way, obviously, from where where we were. But there's a couple things I would say to that: is a, there's a lot of hockey to be played, and b, we're not actually in first place. There's, we've played a lot more games than anybody else in the league or most teams in the league, so we're we're not there yet. So let's just continue to work.
1: Out mostly
2: about the way morgan playing uh, Confident, reliable, uh, on both sides of the puck. You know, I think that he's got more to offer us here offensively and it's on us to, as a team to just, you know, get him engaged more, get more happening on the rush where he can get involved. Uh, but he's defended really well. He's grown uh, in his role on the penalty kill. Done a great job for us there. I think that's a big part of his evolution. And, and you know, today, obviously they, they split up McDavid and Dreisaitl. But you know, the, but you know, Morgan is is now at the in, you know in a position where a lot of nights he's getting he's getting the tough matchups, and uh, that's that's you know that's a big. Big area of growth for his game to have that because he's he is a huge driver of offense for us in terms of our defense and you know we don't we don't get a, a ton from our back end in terms of contribution offensively but he's one guy who's a real driver for us and really involved in our offensive chances. Yeah, that's kind of always been his his thing and the defensive ability that he's added here, yeah, both on penalty kill on five on five, he's really come a long way and really embraced that. Uh, so you think we're just seeing a more complete version of Morgan. Why did you want to about Well, I've w- just felt that he's, <clears throat> you know, when I've talked to Morgan about it, it's just been like he's an elite defenseman in the league and I think elite defenseman in the league should be should be contributing to your team in all facets. Um, so I just think that that's a really important thing. You know, I think that we need him to grow in that area. But we also need to show confidence in him. And that's something with Dean coming in this season that he was he felt really strongly about and and I certainly supported that and had even talked to Morgan about it, you know, uh a lot since the time that I've been here as as coach. We've we've chatted about just growing in, in that in that area and then taking that confidence to be able to kill penalties to be able to take on tougher matchups at 5-on-5 five five and all those things. Obviously, his partnership with T.J. Brody has really helped in all of this, but it, you know, we can't take away from the fact that Morgan has really committed himself to growing in all areas of his game.
1: What did you make of McCabe um, and C
2: I thought, you know, McKay, have, you know, he's got a lot better to offer than he than he showed tonight. But you can expect that. I mean, he's 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 jumping on uh, on a move bus here in terms of the season and how how quick things are moving. and And uh, it's been a long time since he played a game. So you know, like the fact that we're able to get him out there, but you can see his speed. Uh, it it makes us a much deeper team. It gives me the you know, the ability and confidence. You know the way the lines just set up tonight. I've got a third line that, if they end up out, out, end up out there against McDavid and Saddle I'm not worried about that at all. And and that uh, that's that's really good and healthy for our bench. And, and having someone like Mikheyev, uh with Camp, you know, especially now you look at where we have we have had to move Casher up, so that's you know that took took away from that line and put Engvall back up uh, there tonight. And have McKay up there, that like that just gave us three lines we had a lot of confidence in. And uh, he's going to continue to get better. He's an important player for us. And in regards to Sini, I, I thought he played a good, hard, uh, simple game. You know, uh, he had a great scoring chance there. Okay, I think it was in the third period. And and uh, skated, put the puck in good spots. He got uh, he got banged up there in the third period. A pretty nasty cut. On his finger, which looks like there's a little bit of a fracture in there as well, so we'll have to see how that settles. But, um, liked what he did, and, and uh, that line you know, Clifford now that's two really strong games we've gotten from Kyle Clifford uh, here today, and Simmer again, huge goal for us. That line, yeah, scored those guys working uh, together. Um, you know, those Clifford and Simmer going hard to the net and getting that goal for us, and just gave us good efforts all the way through. So... Good sound uh, team effort from us tonight against you know a very dangerous team that was looking to break out and and we didn't give them those opportunities. Yeah, I got I learned about you know, a couple things that have happened since the game, since our game started or, or what have you, and your you certainly your attention is is raised given. Uh, uh... what's going on around the league you know um... but for us we just got to continue to focus on what we can and control what we can we'll stay here tonight our plan right now is to flight to vancouver tomorrow and, uh... it's been off day for our team tomorrow but as the schedule is right now as it sets up uh, we're going to practice for two days in a row uh, leading into the weekend which unless i'm mistaken i believe it's the first time we've had two practice days in a row since training camp ended so uh, that's uh, significant for us as a team. We've got to you know, recharge here over the next little bit and take advantage of those days.
0: There is Sheldon Keith following the Leafs' five-one win in overtime. Gord, it's been a ton of fun tonight. Uh, we'll be back whenever the Leafs play next here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and wherever it is you get the podcast.